the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Advocate with your host, Nick Phillips. And now, here's your host, Nick Phillips. Good evening, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another edition of The Advocate. Thank you for joining us this fine Sunday evening. Uh, Tonight, we're going to be looking at our own health. We want to find out what are some of the things we can do better about our health. Uh, We do have, uh, on the second half hour, Dr. Eddie Fatikoff, who is an expert uh, on dieting, and he has a couple of new things to tell us about. So besides the usual things, eat less, move more, we're going to hear a couple of other new things that uh, maybe we haven't heard of before, so that'll be at 8.30. Now, the first half uh, hour of the show, we're going to be talking to Dr. Carl Hedgie, a dentist, and uh, talking about the importance of of our teeth. And, uh, and And I was talking to someone here just before the show started about it's amazing how one little tooth, if it's causing a pain, can really uh, upset your entire life. Uh, but we're going to talk to Dr. Carl about a number of these things. Dr. Carl Hedgie. Carl, thank you for joining us tonight. Your guest. Are you there? Thank you. Okay, we have you. Uh, yes, uh, Carl. So, uh, Carl, Dr. Carl Hedgie uh, is a dentist out in uh, North Royalton, Ohio. Carl, how long have you been practicing out there? Well, I hate to admit it, but 40 years, <laughs> a number 41, and uh, I love it more than I ever did before. It is Dentistry has changed so much over the years, and uh, it has changed so much in, both in how we do what we did when I was taught back in the late 1970s, but also what we do. You know, we used to be thought of as, you know, filling teeth and fixing gums, and, you know, our, our, our area of expertise, our area of a, a, attention was really limited to those kind of structures. And even how we treat those problems has changed. But more than that, even is is the uh, the, the magnitude or the the the, um, the total essence of what we do has expanded so much. As you know, as one of my very favorite mentors mentioned that you know we as dentists really need to be physicians of the masticatory system. And that's a fancy word for basically saying we need to be physicians of more than just the teeth and the gums, but also of the whole jaw complex, which includes the jaw muscles and the jaw joints, which are, you know, cause tremendous numbers of problems with patients as far as quality of life issues. Well, how, how many people uh, were like me when I was young as a kid? I know the thought was uh, you go along through life, and then if something in your mouth started to hurt and it didn't go away and it was slowly getting worse, then and only then would you go to see the dentist. Um how how much of that has changed now over these last forty years? Oh my gosh, it, it's changed dramatically, and and even even the nature of what we see and and how much you know when uh, when I guy first began in practice in the late nineteen seventies, um, you know we saw a tremendous amount of large cavities, you know, and and really rampant tooth decay and, and gum disease, you know, with with the public health messages that are out there and the efforts of, of all of our dentists to combat these. These issues have become so much more under control that it's unusual to see the type of problems that we used to because people are so much more proactively oriented 
and the messages and, and responsibilities of dentists go beyond just treating things, but to educate their patients as to far as what's going on. And that's had a tremendous favorable impact on traditional dental problems. Well, like you say, uh, you know, people coming in with these massive cavities or abscesses, uh, in, infections going out of the tooth and into the bone and so on, uh, that's when people would see dentists. I know a number of things uh, that we've thought about dentists is that dentist equals pain. What, what do we do with pain nowadays? Is dental work as painful as we uh, used to fear? Well, you know, I, I would be lying if I said I've never caused any discomfort, but it's very rare. It, it, it's an exceptional uh, event for that to happen. You know, we have even even new types of local anesthetics. You know, we used to use what called Novocaine. Well, the local anesthetics we use now are so much more effective. And uh, it's, it is very unusual, very unusual for patients to experience much, if any, discomfort anymore. I mean, does it ever happen? Yes, but that's by far the exception where it used to be more the rule. Well, my experience now is that uh, you you say this will be a pinch, and that's about all it is. As you get that, I close my eyes. By the way, don't want to see the long needle. But uh, other than that, it takes care of the pain for the most part. Oh, what does uh, dental school consist of nowadays? And what what sort of new that uh, our dentists are learning that they hadn't well, forty years ago? And unfortunately, I'm involved a little bit at Case. I'm not involved entirely into their curriculum, but I do. I am a guest lecturer at Case. And, you know, unfortunately, I have to say this, is that, you know, when you think about dental school, mm-hmm. dental school is not really designed to teach individuals to become dentists. They are really designed to help them pass the dental boards. I mean, that's kind of a, if you think about that, the, the, the dental board examiners that design the examinations that you have to pass to become a dentist really control what the dental schools need to do. And unfortunately, oftentimes now they're coming out kind of unprepared. You know, for example, I teach them, I I go down a case and teach them about issues regarding jaw joints and jaw muscles, which are are tremendous sources of pain and suffering for patients, and they get no exposure to that. Um, And it's an unfortunate thing. I mean, they're learning a lot as far as techniques and, and as far as just you know, fillings and crowns and things like that. But even even they're restricted minutes, in using some of the minutes. new material. So it, it's kind of uh-huh. limited. You know, it's a little unfortunate that they're really not more up to date. Case is a very good dental school, but dental schools in general, because of what they have to teach their students to pass, the boards are oftentimes many years behind the technology of the day. Well, I, I don't want to know a complete laundry list of what everyone needs to uh, know to pass the boards. But in passing the boards, uh, I'm assuming they just need to know all about what teeth are there and how to do x-rays and how to do fillings and that kind of thing. Is there anything uh, beyond that? No. Well, well, obviously, they're going to learn how to do, um, and, and again, I don't, I am not, I, I'm not familiar with what exactly the, the boards involved now, mm-hmm. but there are definitely hands-on aspects to where you have to actually perform. You have to do certain types of fillings, certain types of restorations to clean, to diagnose. So they have to evaluate you and take tests and actually show and demonstrate that you do have to the ability to evaluate, four minutes, four diagnose, minutes. and treat these very basic problems. But what they're actually teaching and what the, is, is really kind of a little behind the times, unfortunately. How are we doing with the number of dentists we have? Uh, as older dentists are, uh, some of them are retiring and some of them are still working on um, are we getting enough dentists to replace them, or is this a field that's growing, or what, what do you yes, see? Actually, actually, yes. No, it, it, it's, it's in a pretty good situation. 
you know, when I was when I was in dental school again in the late seventies, my dental class was two hundred dentists. That's unheard of today because there was such a shortage of dentists back then. The actual dental situation now is pretty good as far as the, the dentist per capita. It's pretty well under control, uh, and that that fortunately is not an issue, except in you know rural areas. But in in general, um, the dentist to, to population ratio is actually very very good. It's good for the dentist because they can keep busy. It's also good for the population because they're getting you know adequate care, adequate accessibility. Three minutes. Three minutes. How how does one choose a dentist? Uh, I mean, with there being enough dentists around, that means there's plenty to choose from. How do you recommend someone goes out and selects and looks for a dentist? Well, one thing I would suggest probably not doing to be honest, is is listen to advertising on radios or on television. Oh my goodness! You well, know, let's try to be adage, helpful. Go ahead. <laughs> I know. Yeah, let's you know, word of mouth, word of mouth, without question is the most important thing. Speak with people, speak with uh, friends, relatives, neighbors that you know and trust and believe in, you know, and respect. And that probably is the best source of information. And the one thing is, no matter what you're going to, you should feel comfortable with that dentist. That dentist is there not just to treat you, but also to educate you. And I think that's a, a very important thing, that if you don't feel like you're receiving an education, uh, both as far as what they're doing and why they're doing it and how you can prevent these problems. It's, it's not a matter of just fixing something that's broken. Let's understand why is it broken, why is this problem there in the first place, so perhaps we can prevent that from happening again. And I think that's and that takes time, and that takes personal time from the dentist or the dental hygienist. But I think that's a, a very important quality that you should look for any dentist you would choose. Well, that's good. In law, we call that preventive law. It sounds like you would call it preventive dentistry. Absolutely, uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I know as a patient, you don't want to come in there with some type of raging infection and involving two or three of your, your rear molars there that are into the bone and causing pain and infection and that kind of thing. No, that's 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 something we'd rather prevent from ever happening. <laughs> and, and it really should. I mean, that's, again, that should be by far the exception and not the typical scenario. Typically, you should be going in, you know, to detect these problems before, before mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. get to that point. Well, very good. Well, we know the typical dentist stuff of, of our past has been uh, fighting cavities, drilling and filling and those kinds of things. Uh, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking one to minute, Dr. One minute. Carl Hedgie about uh, some of the more unusual things that are out there in dentistry that you should be aware of. And again, like everything else, if you can kept, capture it early on, get in to see your dentist and have it taken care of as a small problem rather than a big problem. We're going to take a short break. We're listening to Dr. Carl Hedgie, dentist extraordinaire. You're listening to Nick Phillips here on WHK. The answer will be right back after these words. Don't go away. 30 seconds. The product of a married couple who were once in love. Unfortunately, sometimes the marriage does not work and parents must get divorced. This is traumatic for the children as well as for the adults. The law firm of Phillips and Millie offers advice and representation in family law matters. Remember, your children are entitled to the utmost consideration when mom and dad have to part. 
Phillips and Millie, your local law firm on the west side of Middleburg Heights. Telephone 440-243-2800. Hi, I'm Pat Lamb. Select Insurance Services is a family-run business and your personal shopper for auto, home, and business insurance. Plus, I'm Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. I think you'll agree, insurance is confusing, but at the same time, it's very important to your financial security. We believe insurance should be secured through a professional. Why? Because one wrong click in the do-it-yourself plan could cost you everything. Our approach stands out because we ask the right questions, listen to your personal situation, and share our knowledge to close potential coverage gaps. This is an experience a do-it-yourself plan can't provide. Did you know there could be a coverage gap when you drive someone else's car? So call us today, 440-237-8555, or check us out at selectinsservice.com. 440-237-8555, or selectinsservice.com. Hi, this is Nick Phillips, host of The Advocate. Pat Lamb and Select Insurance have been my insurance agents for years. Wonderful to work with and never a hassle. Call Pat Lamb at Select Insurance for your insurance. You've earned the opportunity to enjoy a leisurely lunch as you sail down a European river enjoying spectacular views and the finest cuisine Portugal has to offer. Even better, you'll move on to Spain and experience the rich heritage of this country. Explore the early influences of ancient Rome. And, since this is a culinary tour, see if their food can surpass the bar that the Portuguese have set for you. And yet, your adventure has not ended, as you will travel to the land of poets, the Emerald Isle. You will see why Johnny Cash sang about Ireland's 40 Shades of Green. More than a tour, an experience worthy of any bucket list. Check out your itinerary on Facebook, Culinary Tour with Jerry Quinn, or go to ChristianExpedition.com. A five-star experience at a three-star price. More than just a dentist, Dr. Carl Hedgie provides dental treatments for occlusions, TMJ problems, and for aesthetic rehabilitation. In dental practice for over 30 years, Dr. Hedgie has provided state-of-the-art dental treatment for all of his patients. Dr. Carl Hedgie is skilled at treating and resolving complicated dental problems. Located across from the North Royalton High School, call Dr. Hedgie's office for an appointment or visit his website at drhedgie.com. That's Dr. Carl Hedgie, H-E-G-Y-I at 440-237-3338 for the very best in dental care. You didn't plan it this way. You spent your entire life being careful, protecting your body and staying healthy when the carelessness of another changes your life forever. You need to know what's expected of you to prove your claim. You further have been changed forever. Know it's up to you to make your case. The lawyers at Phillips and Millie together have over 80 years of experience. If you have a case or think you may, call the law firm of Phillips and Millie at 440-243-2800. Welcome back, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another segment of The Advocate. Uh, tonight we're talking with Dr. Carl Hedgie, a dentist and one of the sponsors of The Advocate. And I'd like to thank Dr. Hedgie now for supporting the, the program because we address so many issues and talk to so many people over the, the weeks and months that we do The Advocate. So, Dr. Carl Hedgie, thank you so much. You're welcome. You're very welcome. And uh, we're talking to uh, Dr. Carl here tonight uh, on dental issues. Um, and as we said in the last segment, uh, 
Dental issues are not an issue until it hurts, and then you can't think of anything else that dominates your life until you can get into that dental office. Uh, so with uh, Dr. Hedge, you were talking about, uh, during the last segment, uh, some, of the, some of the things going on with uh, what they're teaching in law school. Not a lot. They don't teach it in law school. In dental school, I have law in the brain. Sorry about that. But um, there, there are things that we customarily don't think are part of what a, a dentist does. And you and I were talking earlier um, about uh, the use of DNA testing and uh, what goes on with um, uh, C-reactive protein and things like this. Tell us about that and how does that play into dental health? Oh, my gosh. That's a, in, a, in the beginning of the program, I mentioned that, you know, some things that we have treated periodontal disease, the way we treat those has changed so dramatically. And, and that, this is a perfect example. You know, going back in the, in the late 1970s, 1980s, you know, we diagnosed periodontal disease or pyuria or gum disease, whatever you want to call it. We would diagnose that with a probe. You know, we'd stick into the gum, and if it bleeds or if there's purulence coming out of there, that's how we would diagnose it, and we look at it x-rays. And then we became a little more sophisticated, and then we started taking plaque samples from patients and looking at them under a phase contrast microscope. And we knew that certain types of bacteria were suggestive of not good things, whether for the gums or for the, the rest of the body. I think one of the things that's really interesting is that, when, again, back in the, in the, in the last century, um, we really thought that gum disease was a problem that was just the result of things in the mouth, like your oral hygiene and your diet, and it didn't affect any other part of the body, or nothing going on in your body really affected that. Now we know that this disease is something that very much does affect other parts of the body, specifically with cardiovascular disease, with diabetes, even with pregnancy. It, it, it goes way beyond what we ever anticipated. And so our, our, our appreciation for this disease is not just in keeping teeth, but in having overall health. And so our, our ability and desire to diagnose this has really improved and, and is now incorporated into using oral DNA testing. And so what we're able to do now is just by taking a very small saliva sample, we can determine not only the type of bacteria, but the quantity of those bacteria in a given patient. And we're able to identify certain types of bacteria being associated with certain types of disease, such as cardiovascular disease or diabetes. So it's become very, very cool, very specific, and, and very, very diagnostic. And then we can even pinpoint what type of bacteria there. And then if we're using antibiotics, we can use the appropriate antibiotics for those bacteria. It's become very cool and a very effective means of, of treating uh, a very life-affecting type of, of disease, periodontal disease. You know, when, when you uh, recognize something like this, you start going down that road to uh, DNA testing and uh, microscopic bacterial uh, examinations and that kind of thing. If you find something suggestive of uh, a cardiac issue, what kind of problems do you might you see and what do you do as far as referrals and, and what can a patient expect? Well, again, we're not, we're not in the process of evaluating the patient from a cardiovascular standpoint. I, you know, we're not trained to do that other than taking blood pressure and things like that. But if we identify patients having the types of organisms that are known or suggested to involve these diseases, we address those and then we follow up again. So we'll do an oral DNA testing, we'll put the patient on appropriate antibiotics or, or treatments as far as cleanings and a number of treatments that we do. And then we'll do a follow-up with them and, um, you know, see whether or not we've been effective. So it's just not a matter of identifying if it's there, but identifying whether or not the treatment has been effective. And certainly making the patient aware, again, educating them that the risk that they have 
as a result of these issues they have if they're untreated. Well, what is C-reactive protein, and, and how is that involved with uh, what you can observe? Well, that's just one type of, of, of protein. There are a number of different um, proteins and enzymes that are affected by the bacteria in the mouth. So what happens here, when you have periodontal disease, there's a membrane between basically the tooth and the gum. There's a little, a little gap between the tooth and the gum. And that becomes inflamed and literally becomes an open corridor. So think in terms of, of there being a, almost like an open wound between the gum and the tooth. And the bacteria and their toxins and enzymes pass into the bloodstream. And they affect many, many parts of the body. And they set up a generalized inflammatory state and uncontrolled inflammation. Really, it's really the inflammation that's the bad guy. And that's the result of the toxins and the enzymes that are released and passed through the gum barrier in the mouth when there is, when there is periodontal disease. Yeah, the older people get, and I think a lot of uh, knee replacements and hip replacements are going on. When you have a prosthetic knee or hip uh, and you have uh, a problem with bacteria, such as uh, you know, periodontal disease, what risk do you run with regard to getting your implants infected? Is that a problem? Now, are you saying as a result of, of the periodontal disease itself or as a result of cleaning the, the teeth? Because that's, well, you know, e- in many cases... Either, either patients, or. Any, either yeah, or, anyway. How do, you, how do you protect yourself if you're one of those people? Well, again, in the case of, of, of the um, prosthetic joints... Um, there's a kind of a battle going on between dentistry and medicine. Dentistry says that there, the risk of taking an antibiotic to address that prob- problem prior to doing, uh, for example, a scaling or cleaning is greater than the benefit. So it, that's really up to the, the physician or the orthopedic uh, surgeon to diagnose that or, and to recommend that. Um, but basically, you know, our, our goal is still to do the very best mechanical cleaning we can, and you know we're just we're just looking four to minutes, get the patient in a in a microbially or a bacterially satisfactory position as best as possible. And again, the oral DNA testing is by far the most effective way of knowing what's going on. You know, bleeding um, um, and you know suppuration or pus can be an indication, but it doesn't identify the specific organisms and the specific risk that those organisms present. So it's a combination of, of antibiotics when appropriate and also just mechanically cleaning the teeth off, getting the crud off, they're keeping it free, mm-hmm. educating the patient how to clean, floss, irrigate, use appropriate antimicrobial rinses to help kill the bacteria. It's all about the bacteria when it comes to periodontal disease. It's all about the bacteria, identifying which ones are there and then getting rid of them. Yeah, on a, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the worst periodontal disease, 1 being just the first observable stage. And uh, I would assume like in all medical types things, the sooner you can begin treatment, the easier it is to treat. Uh, in uh, the area of uh, periodontal disease or inflammation or bleeding or infection of the gums, what are the earliest signs that someone should be concerned about and get to their dentist? The, the earliest sign without question for the patient would be when they're brushing their teeth, they're seeing some blood. You know, they, 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 they have their toothpaste, they spit in the sink, oh, there's a little bit of pink in there. Or they're flossing, if they're flossing. And boy, there's a little bit, little bit of bleeding. The number one symptom, almost without exception, that they're going to notice is bleeding. And again, bleeding is a result of inflammation, and it's a result of the, of the disruption of that, that lining of the gum tissue, which doesn't cause any pain. But because that, that lining becomes so delicate, it allows the bacteria 
pass into the bloodstream, but it also allows the bloodstream to come out very easily. So the, the number one symptom without question is bleeding. Letting it go untreated, what's the worst that can happen? Well, obviously there, there, there's tooth loss, two there's minutes, loss of bones, there's loss of, 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 of function, there can become pain. Typically periodontal disease is not painful at all, but there are cases where the bacteria, specific, specific type of bacteria, do cause pain, and sometimes that, those bacteria can actually get into the tooth and cause dental abscesses. And certainly the worst-case scenario is losing teeth from a dental standpoint, but having a, a, an impact upon the patient's overall systemic health. They're in an overall bodily increased inflammatory state, which is bad for everything you can imagine in your body. It's just not a good oh thing. My. Well, it all sounds bad, but it can be saved. What's a final word to all those people out there who are not seeing their dentist and they need to, need to get on top of this? Just get in. I mean, <laughs> get, get in. I don't know what else to say. Get in. And again, as far as choosing a dentist, I think it's really important to choose a dentist that, that, is, that is obviously thorough, but also that sits down and takes the time to speak with you one to minute, educate you as far as what's going on. That, that um, really is, is taking the time to make sure that you understand what your problems are and that you're comfortable with, you know, that, that has logical explanations, logical solutions for what you can do. Um, and that's the best thing I can probably tell you. Well, very good. Well, you know, the show's called The Advocate, and I think we each have to be our own advocate for, for good health generally, but also for good uh, dental health uh, specifically. So tonight, uh, for this coming week, everyone go out and think about your teeth. <clears throat> Dr. Carl Hedgie, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back with Dr. Fatikoff, uh, Eddie Fatikoff, talking about uh, the latest in diet and, and how to keep that weight off and how to stay healthy. We're going to take a short break. You're listening to Nick Phillips on The Advocate. We'll be back after these words. Don't go away. Hi, I'm Pat Lamb. Select Insurance Services is a family-run business and your personal shopper for auto, home, and business insurance. Plus, I'm Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. I think you'll agree, insurance is confusing, but at the same time, it's very important to your financial security. We believe insurance should be secured through a professional. Why? Because one wrong click in the do-it-yourself plan could cost you everything. Our approach stands out because we ask the right questions, listen to your personal situation, and share our knowledge to close potential coverage gaps. This is an experience a do-it-yourself plan can't provide. Did you know there could be a coverage gap when you drive someone else's car? So call us today, 440-237-8555, or check us out at selectinsservice.com. 440-237-8555, or selectinsservice.com. Hi, this is Nick Phillips, host of The Advocate. Pat Lamb and Select Insurance have been my insurance agents for years. Wonderful to work with and never a hassle. Call Pat Lamb at Select Insurance for your insurance. You've earned the opportunity to enjoy a leisurely lunch as you sail down a European river enjoying spectacular views and the finest cuisine Portugal has to offer. Even better, you'll move on to Spain and experience the rich heritage of this country. Explore the early influences of ancient Rome. And, since this is a culinary tour, see if their food can surpass the bar that the Portuguese have set for you. And yet, your adventure has not ended, as you will travel to the land of poets, the Emerald Isle. You will see why Johnny Cash sang about Ireland's 40 Shades of Green. More than a tour, 
an experience worthy of any bucket list. Check out your itinerary on Facebook, Culinary Tour with Jerry Quinn, or go to ChristianExpedition.com. A five-star experience at a three-star price. You didn't plan it this way. You spent your entire life being careful, protecting your body and staying healthy when the carelessness of another changes your life forever. You need to know what's expected of you to prove your claim. You further have been changed forever. Know it's up to you to make your case. The lawyers at Phillips and Millie together have over 80 years of experience. If you have a case or think you may, call the law firm of Phillips and Millie at 440-243-2800. Children, the product of a married couple who were once in love. Unfortunately, sometimes the marriage does not work and parents must get divorced. This is traumatic for the children as well as for the adults. The law firm of Phillips and Millie offers advice and representation in family law matters. Remember, your children are entitled to the utmost consideration when mom and dad have to part. Phillips and Millie, your local law firm on the west side of Middleburg Heights. Telephone 440-243-2800. More than just a dentist, Dr. Carl Hedgie provides dental treatments for occlusions, TMJ problems, and for aesthetic rehabilitation. In dental practice for over 30 years, Dr. Hedgie has provided state-of-the-art dental treatment for all of his patients. Dr. Carl Hedgie is skilled at treating and resolving complicated dental problems. Located across from the North Royalton High School, call Dr. Hedgie's office for an appointment or visit his website at drhedgie.com. That's Dr. Carl Hedgie, H-E-G-Y-I at 440-237-3338 for the very best in dental care. Talking about Cleveland, Nick Phillips with you with another segment of The Advocate. Uh, in the next two segments, we're going to talk about a perennial topic that I'm always interested in, and maybe many of you are too, and that is weight and uh, how much do we eat and how do we get rid of the weight and are we all on an endless eternal diet? I'm, I'm not quite sure, but sometimes it really feels that way. Uh, joining us again, a return guest, Dr. Eddie Fadikoff, uh, is joining us. He, uh, we talked to him last time about 3D uh, creation of, uh, of body parts and, and 3D printing technology being applied to uh, human uh, tissues. Uh, tonight, though, he has a book called Dr. Fatoff, Simple Long-Life Weight Solutions, Weight Loss Solutions. So, uh, Dr. Fatikoff, thank you for joining us. Thanks so much for having me back on your show. Oh, well, so, so good to be here. I know we talked uh, after your last interview about um, your, your interest in, in writing about, uh, about the process of eating and retaining weight and uh, why so many Americans uh, consider themselves obese. I, whether they consider themselves obese or not is beside the point. If they, if they weigh a lot uh, more than they should, then they are obese. Uh, I did receive a copy of your book, and I took a look at it, and I noticed you mentioned uh, about 70% of Americans are considered to be obese. Is, is that still accurate? Yeah, that's correct, and that number is growing. Well, that sounds suicidal for our whole country here. <laughs> what? Um, I notice you you draw a distinction between being overweight and obese. What 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 is the difference between the two? So we look at BMI. So anybody who's got a BMI of twenty five to about twenty nine point nine is considered overweight. Then when you have a BMI over thirty, uh, you're considered obese. And then if it's 
over 35 considered morbid obese, and then it goes to different classifications of obesity. So I want to make that distinction because you could just be two, three pounds over your normal body weight and be considered overweight, right? So that's kind of a huge distinction. There's a lot of people that are overweight and don't know they're overweight and they think they're normal weight, you know? The, um, it's a great book because it's sort of like everything you always want to know about uh, body functions, metabolism, and, and how we rate uh, bodies. Uh, even even talking about uh, the different body types, uh, endomorphic and so on, uh, some people are just naturally thin. And you look at the BMIs, if you look at your height, and it, it doesn't break it down by gender or age or anything, but uh, just looking at your height, to get below the obese level, you have to be really skinny. And some people naturally are and, and others aren't. Um, how do you know whether or not you know, your obesity is just a, a paper label opposed to someone who really has to worry about it? I mean, so, looking at some of these BMIs, you have to like really get down low on weight that might be unhealthy for you. That's actually a great question. So it depends. So uh, take bodybuilders, for example, they'd be considered obese, right? Take uh, most athletes would be considered overweight obese. So you got to take it in the context. Sometimes when they publish, I remember. It was probably a few years back in the New England Journal of Medicine published a study that said overweight people are actually obese people are living or actually healthier than normal body weight people. Well, that study was kind of skewed and was kind of a ridiculous statement because the people that got in the study were healthy people that worked out or physically active that had a lot of muscle mass versus people that were obese, right, where you have an increase in abdominal fat. We, we define obesity or fat as just accumulation of excess body weight. Now, what does that mean? It's fat accumulation, right? So not just muscle. So those are different categories. So if you're 10 pounds over and you're, you know, you're pretty lean, you have muscle. I have patients that come into my office every single day. I have to put overweight or obese. And then when I, you know, mention it in the assessment and plan, I always say, look, patient is muscular, very fit, works out, runs four or five miles. But that's a very small percentage, right? We're talking about the, the majority of the obese patients, overweight patients who actually have excess body fat, who have metabolic syndrome, who have diabetes, blood pressure, sleep apnea. Those are the patients or the people that I want to target that I want to help, not the patients that are muscular, but are kind of grouped in that category. So I don't just look at just the BMI. I also take measurements in the office, waist circumference. I look at the laboratory data and look at them as a whole. And when when you look at people, let's take a look at maybe not these the athletes. People are running triathlons and stuff all the time, and they spend five hours in the gym every day. But the average person, when you talk about belly fat, I'm thinking of the soft, gushy you know, belly fat that people have because they uh, sit around all the time, very very sedentary lifestyle. Um, with with regard to those people, I, I think you mentioned early on in your book that. Uh, something in common with all weight loss programs uh, includes eating less and moving more. And so my daughter told me years ago, but um, that seems to be the key elements to any type of weight maintenance program. Um, in in your studies, and t- by the way, we haven't taken time to talk a bit about your your background. You're a medical doctor, and um, what what is your specialty or your area of interest that puts you into the concern about weight and weight loss? That's a great question. I actually was a, uh, I had my undergrad in nutrition with exercise science, mm-hmm. and then I'm a board-certified internal medicine physician with a focus specifically on obesity me- medicine, women's health, and hormones. So 
being a personal trainer, being a nutritionist, and now being a physician, I can kind of see it from all three points of view because I was a personal trainer and worked out, helped people work out to lose weight. I was a nutritionist, I wrote diet plans to help people lose weight. Now as a physician, I can kind of have all three point of views and treat it not only medically, but also give advice if they need exercise, also give advice about supplementation and about nutrition plans. So you're kind of getting a three for one and I'm able to look at the whole picture. You know, as a as a physician, you might just look at it one side. As a nutritionist, you look at it one side. As a, a personal trainer, you look at it one side, but I'm able to encompass all three points of view and understand where every single specialty is coming from and how they address weight loss because it's very different, right? The person who's a personal trainer is gonna say, well, it's not, you could eat whatever you want, it's all about exercise. And the person who's a nutritionist, it's it's not all exercise, it's all it's all what you put in your body. And then the medical person saying, look, it's it's your hormones, it's this. Here I'm able to kind of encompass all three of them and come up with, a, I think, a simplistic, easy to read book where it actually gives you those aha moments, right? Right, right. You read the book, there's probably times you're like, wow, I didn't know that, or wow, I wish I knew that. A perfect example, people who like to eat rice, they've done studies where if you like white rice, and you put it with a little bit of oil and you put it in the refrigerator overnight, 12 hours later that rice is 30 to 70% less calories, right? So now you're able to eat the foods that you love with half the calories because now the rice becomes a starch-resistant fiber. People don't know that, so they start eliminating foods. I can't eat rice, my doctor says I can't eat it, my nutritionist says I can't do that, I have diabetes, but if you just have the knowledge and know what you can and cannot eat, what the studies show, you'll actually be surprised. You can eat a lot more stuff and enjoy the foods you love to eat because what nobody addresses is people will come up with a diet plan, people will tell you what to eat, but nobody addresses the cultural sensitivity, right? People grew up a certain way, people grew up a certain cultures. You can't tell everybody to eat chicken, yams, and sweet potato. It doesn't work for everybody. Nobody's going to do it and sustain it long term. Well, that, well, that's the problem. I've heard how many stories of people who will uh, have a very complicated, rigid diet uh, to follow, and they do, and they lose weight, but then they sort of will bounce back and forth, they'll like roller coaster up and down, losing weight, getting it, and it always seems like after they lose it, they put on more than they lost, and uh, the cycle gets worse. And that's the thing. I don't get excited when a patient loses 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds. Everybody else, should, everybody else is excited. What I'm excited is the fact that it was 20 pounds five years later that kept off the 20 pounds. That's what excites me because the fact that the yo-yo diet or do these fad diets, you know, it's just they, they wait for the next book. They, they, they're, they're just hopeful and stick on something. And like with anything in life, it's, you know, you work smart, you work hard, you're going to get the results you want. There's nothing quick and easy about maintaining a healthy lifestyle. My patients who are vegan patients aren't dieting, right? They don't wake up every morning and saying, oh my God, I gotta eat you know, vegan food. That's just their way of life. And people who are eating the standard American diet, they're not miserable eating the diet. They enjoy the foods they eat. So my thing is, how can I make it healthier? How can I introduce healthier lifestyle habits so you're not miserable? And when they hear the word diet, I don't ever use the word diet in my clinic because that word, they've done studies of psychology where 84% of people fail just by hearing the word diet. Because <laughs> I, in I, their yeah. mind, there's an end date. When I say, hey, get on a diabetic diet, get on a DASH diet for your blood pressure, and their mind is when I'm off the diet, where my labs do good and my doctor says I'm doing good, they get off the diet because they're like, oh, I could cheat a little bit, I could eat this. But in reality, is in their mind, as soon as you say diet, they're like, when are we gonna? When is the diet gonna finish? Three months, six months, nine months, and then they want to go back to eating what they want and eat because they're like, I lost thirty pounds, I can go back. I can go back and resume. Well, you know, the same way you use the term diet uh, in a negative way. Uh, vegetarian food. I, I think anytime I hear the word vegetarian, I, I scrunch up my face. 
But actually, there's many things that are really good. They just don't have meat in it. And uh, it's vegetarian, you know. But, uh, so I see how words can affect things. Now, we're, we're talking tonight to uh, Dr. Eddie Fet- Fetikoff, uh, and uh, we're going over the human body and, and how it retains weight and how we can control that. We're going to take a short break. You're listening to Nick Phillips here on WHK, The Advocate. We'll be back after these words. Don't go away. More than just a dentist, Dr. Carl Hedgie provides dental treatments for occlusions, TMJ problems, and for aesthetic rehabilitation. In dental practice for over 30 years, Dr. Hedgie has provided state-of-the-art dental treatment for all of his patients. Dr. Carl Hedgie is skilled at treating and resolving complicated dental problems. Located across from the North Royalton High School, call Dr. Hedgie's office for an appointment or visit his website at drhedgie.com. That's Dr. Carl Hedgie, H-E-G-Y-I at 440-237-3338 for the very best in dental care. Hi, I'm Pat Lamb. Select Insurance Services is a family-run business and your personal shopper for auto, home, and business insurance. Plus, I'm Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. I think you'll agree, insurance is confusing, but at the same time, it's very important to your financial security. We believe insurance should be secured through a professional. Why? Because one wrong click in the do-it-yourself plan could cost you everything. Our approach stands out because we ask the right questions, listen to your personal situation, and share our knowledge to close potential coverage gaps. This is an experience a do-it-yourself plan can't provide. Did you know there could be a coverage gap when you drive someone else's car? So call us today, 440-237-8555, or check us out at selectinsservice.com. 440-237-8555, or selectinsservice.com. Hi, this is Nick Phillips, host of The Advocate. Pat Lamb and Select Insurance have been my insurance agents for years. Wonderful to work with and never a hassle. Call Pat Lamb at Select insurance for your insurance needs. On the battlefield, there's a saying America's military men and women live by. Never leave a fallen warrior behind, ever. Off the battlefield, Wounded Warrior Project operates with the same goal. Wounded Warrior Project was created to help our men and women returning home with the scars of war, whether those scars are physical or mental. Wounded Warrior Project, we never leave a fallen warrior behind, ever. Learn more about what we do at WoundedWarriorProject.org. Welcome back, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with our final segment of The Advocate for tonight. Uh, we're talking to Dr. Patikoff concerning weight loss and weight maintenance. And uh, his book, Dr. Fatoff, Simple Lifelong Weight Loss Solutions. Dr. Patikoff, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I forgot to ask, where are you located? Where are you calling from? Uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta, Georgia. Well, you're too far from Cleveland, but your skill sets with your background seem just absolutely appropriate for dealing with people who have weight issues and, and have to resolve those. Um, and, and the book, by the way, uh, looks like it's a good uh, glossary, if you will, of just the fundamental physiology and metabolism of humans and, and what makes us obese. Um, <clears throat> you know, with, with that in mind, uh, you talk about uh, various things that contribute to, uh, to weight. 
such as uh, you know the diet you select, uh, the, the the glucose you consume, and, and those kinds of things. But uh, of the various causes, one thing I found interesting you mentioned environmental causes for weight gain. I found that interesting. What what are some of those? We we never think. I don't think uh, of environmental issues being a cause for for obesity is that it stimulates eating or it just changes your metabolism or well, tell us about it's that. Great question. The endocrine disrupting chemicals. Um, so for example, household items, right? Detergents, enterocoated capsules, water bottles, plastics, every household items that we use daily, we don't realize it's causing our weight gain. And the way it does it is it increases our gremlin, our hormone, our hunger hormone. So not only does it affect hunger hormone, it actually affects estrogen metabolism, thyroid hormone. So in effect, not only is the hunger hormones affected, your metabolism's affected. It, perfect example, um, you use plastic Tupperware when you reheat food. So you're eating broccoli, you reheat broccoli, you're like, I'm gonna listen to my doctor, I'm gonna do something healthy, I'm gonna eat broccoli. You eat the broccoli and you were told, hey, it's supposed to be full and you're supposed to be full from it. Then an hour later after you reheat it through the microwave, you're hungry again. Then you're like, I don't get it. Well, the, the plastic, the phthalates, we call it phthalates, the plastic that leaches out causes your gremlin hormones to increase. So a couple hours later, you're hungry again. And it's not that the broccoli didn't satisfy you, it's that the, the plastic that leached onto the broccoli that caused the phthalates, the endocrine disruption caused the weight gain. So my thing is, use glass Tupperware. People get water bottles from uh, the grocery stores all the time. They say, you know, don't leave it in your car because it can melt and the plastic can leach out. But how do you know if it didn't do that already in the warehouse? You don't know. So that's why BPA-free water bottles, that was the whole thing about the BPA-free water bottles. That's why they had the whole thing with, um, I think this whole thing with LaCroix, and they actually had phthalates. They had those endocrine disrupting chemicals in their drinks and in their cans that are causing people possibly to cause weight gain. This was a whole big uproar. So my thing is little household items like that can increase your weight gain about nine to 12 pounds. That's huge, right? Nine to 12 pounds. People, when you ask them how much they want to lose weight, they always say, you know, 20, 30 pounds. But if 10 or 12 pounds is caused by just plastics or environments, that's a simple fix that you could do today. Just get a BPA-free water bottle and get glass Tupperware. There's two things you could do right away to just decrease weight. To, to do that, we, we, we know of a case involving a woman <clears throat> who is continually gaining weight even though She's cutting back on food, and uh, she doesn't feel like exercising, uh, and uh, she doesn't have congestive heart failure or anything like that. And it sort of uh, you know, rang an alert that maybe there's something environmental or something involving the endocrine, endocrine system that's, a, that's adjusting you know, what the, uh, I guess the operation of the body metabolism is all about. But some of those things uh, are... I guess very ambiguous and hard to control, especially what detergents shouldn't you use? You mentioned detergents. Is there any detergent? Time? Anything where it's got plastic in it, enterocoated capsules, right? IV tubing that they use in the hospital has phthalates in there. Wow. But even like you take an enterocoated capsule for your fish oil or you take it for your probiotic, well, that enterocoated capsule is causing you waking. You know, but if you know about that, and you're aware. There's alternatives you can do. Get vegetarian capsules, little small. Mm -hmm. Things you can change in your everyday life that won't make a big impact on your life, but it'll make a big impact on your weight. And not only your weight, your family's weight, your children's weight, and the next generation, because you're teaching your children, okay, this is not okay, and here's why. So they know when they grow up, okay, I was taught to never use plastic because of X, Y, Z. 
So it's just kind of the knowledge. People, the biggest thing I have is people come into my office and say, look, I'm ready to lose weight, I'm motivated, and they want to know all the sophisticated stuff. I want the calorie counting, I want the macros, I want this. It's kind of like saying, I want to learn how to play the guitar and I want to play Led Zeppelin on the first <laughs> session. It doesn't work. Yeah. Get on the basics. You know, are you eating six meals a day? Are you drinking enough fluids? Are you having a fiber in your diet? You know, just the basics that people are supposed to be doing, they're not doing it. So how can you expect to go from A to Z on the first session when you don't even know the basics? And that's why this book was simple to read. I didn't want to talk about calorie restriction. I didn't want to talk about counting calories. It's just add these lifestyle modifications to your daily routine, and by default, you will lose weight. Now, cutting back on calories, if that was that easy, you wouldn't have weight loss specialists, you wouldn't have books out, you wouldn't have a whole field of signs for obesity or weight loss because if it was that easy, then nobody would need specialists. You would just cut back 500 or 1,000 calories. But that's not the case because when you cut back calories, the metabolism will slow down. And when metabolism slows down, you're eating less calories, but you're still gaining weight. So it doesn't help you. There's more to it than just calorie restriction and increased physical activity. What are some of the um, takeaways from the book that will be new to most people that you want to make sure they understand? I think that phthalates is a big one. I think the transition that diets are, they don't work. They, they don't work. They work temporarily, but in the long term, they don't work. And yo-yo dieting actually decreases your metabolism. So my takeaway is, you know, slow and steady. It's a marathon, not a race. I want it to improve health outcomes drinking water. I wrote a whole chapter dedicated to just fluid intake. Um, to say that the new guidelines for fluid intake is 3.7 to 4 liters a day, 13 to 15 cups. Most patients think, oh, it's six cups a day. It's half your body weight. That's wrong. Now, these were the recommendations and guidelines for people that are healthy weight. I'm not talking about obese patients. Regular fluid intake. It increases metabolism. It increases weight loss. It has so many benefits just increasing your food intake. Nobody's even doing that. We as a society, Americans are dehydrated as a country. So nobody's even getting the fluid intake, which is affecting your hunger cues. For example, you're 106 degree weather outside. You know if you don't get fluids in, you're going to get a heat stroke. But when you're under air conditioning, you don't know that unless your AC breaks and then you're really thirsty. And by the time you sense thirst, you're about two and a half liters dehydrated, 2% dehydrated in your total body weight. So you're really mistaking hunger for thirst. And those are the things we got to get better at. Increasing food intake, adding more fiber to our diet, getting good night rest. People who have sleep apnea, they snore all night, and they're like, why am I tired? That snoring causes increased uh, levels of cortisol, and that causes weight gain, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, blood pressure. Little things that we need to address that can make a huge impact in somebody's life and their weight. Is cortisol related to C-reactive protein? High levels of cortisol can increase inflammation and increase your active protein, yes. So, uh, you know, this all sort of fits together like, like a puzzle. And so a lot of what's in your book we've heard in different forms before, and that's why I was interested in what, what's your big takeaway. So you're basically reinforcing we've heard a lot about drinking fluids and especially drinking water. So that's a big, a big plus here. We should be really working on water. How many liters a day did you mention? So it's 3.2 to 3.5 liters for women and 3.7 to 4 liters. And that was the Mayo Clinic recommendation in 2017. Um, nobody's doing that. I mean, how many, perfect example, how many cups of water a day do you drink? Well, I, I look at the bottled water. Each bottle is about 500 milliliters, so you have to drink two of those to get one liter, right? So for four, you need to drink eight yeah. bottles of water a day. That's yeah, so you need to do 16. 16? Oh. Nobody's doing that. No. <laughs> Nobody's doing 15 cups a day. Not I mean, that's normal. I'm not talking about 
Yeah. If you're pregnant, you need another half a liter. If you're an athlete, another 700 to 1,000. Nobody's doing that. So when you're de- dehydrated, you mistaken food when it's actually thirst. You know that very apparently when you're outside because you've been taught in school. If it's hot, you get a heat stroke, you know, you got to drink plenty of fluids. You perspire about a liter outside, but under AC, it's about 750. You're still losing fluid. You just don't feel it. You just feel don't feel it. it. You don't, don't realize see it. Correct. Wow. Well, the name of the book is Dr. Fadoff, Simple Lifelong Weight Loss Solutions, a very down-to-earth, great book to uh, keep around and, and keep looking and refreshing as to you know, what we are and what we do about weight on and off. Uh, so you can get that, I assume, on Amazon and uh, or at, at your bookstore. That's by Dr. Eddie Fadikoff. Dr. Fadikoff, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you coming back. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll be back next week here at WHK, same time, same station. So between now and then, have a great week. Good night. And I sat and watched the Zanzibar sunset, sat and drank my fresh mint tea, with nothing to do until morning, and only my mind Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.